Right, I'll introduce on to as always, lads. Sweet, fire away. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening from, whatever time you're listening to us. Welcome to Rugby League Daily Season 2, Episode 6 podcast, where today me and my right hand man Callum will be reviewing the scores from Challenge Cup Round 1, previewing the Super League's opening round this weekend. So, Callum, mate, how are we doing? I am good, yourself? Yeah, man, I'm doing great. Let's dive straight in and go for it. We start with Friday night, I believe it was. We saw the Sportsman do a very, very professional stream of Sheffield versus York City Knights. And the scoreline was six. Sheffield six, yeah. York City Knights 30. Yeah. Give us your assessments of the game. I've, did you see it? Did you watch it? Watched it in bits and pieces, uh, being perfectly honest. Watched it in bits and pieces. Yeah. The the pieces that you've seen, you know, uh, as you say, full credit to the sportsman. It was a, a really good stream. You know, it, it, it did rival, and in some areas, I think, bettered the hour league streams. Um, but no, Sheffield Sheffield did very little wrong. I think the, the only problem that Sheffield had uh, was a bit of white line favour, to be honest. You know, they'd, they'd done the hard yardage and they, they rattled on the York door for much of the first half, but it, it just... It wouldn't come open for them, unfortunately. Yeah, um, again, I definitely agree with you there. Sheffield, for me, played quite decent rugby league in the first half and unlucky not to get over a few times. But let's just talk about that York team, though, man. That York, that York team looks like a different breed. <laughs> it will take some wizardry from most teams to be able to break down that defence. So... Yeah, I think 30 points to six after being away for 12 months is not a bad result for Sheffield. and They'll want to get a few more scores on some teams and maybe brush up a few soft tries they conceded. But all in all, the better team won in the end. Yeah, we've lost Callum briefly. So, yeah, um, I will also say on record, whilst Callum figures out what, Whatever's wrong with the internet or whatever's his problem is, yeah. The sportsman stream for me, hands down, superior to our league. I'd say it rivaled the BBC streams that we saw on Sunday. BBC did have a have a little error, and I really do hope we can see more of the the sportsman streaming the league games. Hello. I think I'm back. Yeah, man, you're back. I kept I kept conversation flowing. Talking to yourself as per Mr. Farrell, eh? Well, it's not insane if you talk to yourself. It's only insane if you start talking back to yourself. Very, very true. So we move on to Saturday, I believe. Yes, yeah, Saturday, the feast of games we had on the Hour League app. We started in Manchester with Oldham taking on Barrow. Oldham went up as Barrow come down in 2019. And not much between the two sides, despite the scoreline, really, was there? No, to be fair, they weren't. Barrow really did put themselves about the pitch as I expected them to do so. I I believe I did tip them to win against Oldham. But no, Oldham just had had the brass and managed managed to get over the line, didn't they? Like They broke down the defence in the more key areas in more constructive ways than Barrow managed when they got near their line and Oldham's defence won them that game. 
I think as well the um, the brutality on force just went to show you how much both sides had missed competitive action. You know, you had uh, Jamie Dallimore going off with a, a hamstring injury that's still to be um, still to be checked by all accounts at the minute. It's waiting for an assessment. The Adam Wall and Sean Pick was well documented throughout the um, throughout the match. There's a humongous hit on uh, on the Challenge Cup website, fall and all. It's uh, <laughs> one of the uh, one of the tackles that makes you sit back and think, "Thank God I stopped playing the sport." <laughs> but um, but no, it was a it, it was a good match for for both <laughs> sides. It'll, it'll show Barrow where they need to get to to get back into the championship and. It'll give Oldham that bit of confidence to to get themselves up and running for the season starting in a fortnight. Yeah, definitely, and for the, for the record, watching tackles like the one tackle on the weekend makes me think I can't wait to get back to playing the sport. <laughs> must just be us. We must just be softer breed than them than than, uh, than them Yorkshire people. <laughs> but no, so we move on yeah. down to the capital. Yes. At Roslyn Park. London Broncos and Keithley. Your thoughts on that one? Very tight game. Keithley went out there and made a fantastic account of themselves. QLT weren't there playing, neither was Scott Morell. So two talismatic signings that they've made didn't play that game. And I honestly believe if they get a few more bodies back fit and playing rugby league, that they'd have pushed London even closer. In the end, it was just the championship quality that shone through, really. I, mm-hmm. I don't think Keithley played terribly bad at all. And if anything, from what I saw of Keithley, has resonated in my opinion. And I truly believe that they'll be um, higher up League One than I initially thought they would be. What about you, mate? No, I'd, I'd, I'd say that was a fair assessment. I know Jared Samet was injured for, for London. He didn't play for the Broncos either, which... Again, takes a lot of the Broncos' uh, skill factor away when he's not there. It did for Workington when he was up here. But no, totally agree. Scott Morell, Quentin Lowell, was on the guy, both massive players for Keithley, and they didn't seem too bad without them, really, did they? You know, they've. Um, I know when they come up here in the, <clears throat> excuse me, in the twenty twenty season, there that never was. They were, they come to Workington, and they had plenty of attacking flair despite the. The money scored in one try. It was just basically the same problem as as what Sheffield had. They just couldn't get over the line eventually. But now they seem to have sorted that problem out. It, you know, the whole of League One really needs to stand up and sort of say, you know, this is this is the Keithley of of the sort of potentially mid nineties that are knocking on the door for a massive burst of acceleration potentially into the championship and who knows where after that yeah well definitely they seem to have come up trumps with the uh, signings they've made and I wish them every success I really do so yeah I tip Keithley Cougars for big things in League One after seeing that and um, I'll certainly be uh, when the League One season goes on keeping a very very close eye on the Cougars we now go up to the Madders at Whitehaven yeah that was that was a result that it it didn't shock me because they they've always got the potential at Whitehaven to not so much throw up an upset but to the thing with Whitehaven is they've a lot of potential in their squad 
They just need and needed last year someone that could sort of take them by the, the scruff of the neck and say, look, this is how you need to do it and this is where you've got to go to get across. And I think now with the signing of, uh, the signing of Nico Williams to help Carl Dixon up through, they will be potentially a dark horse. And I know this is going to sound terrible being a town supporter myself, but I personally will say Whitehaven will be a dark horse for the top six finish this season. Ah, wow. <laughs> That's some assessment from the town fan. It, it is. And I don't say it lightly. A lot of, you know, there's often that comparison of, oh, well, the two clubs always swap players. The talent in the area is huge. And if it's channeled properly, it will be successful. And to be honest, there was nothing wrong with Whitehaven's squad in 2020. Yeah, they went five from five, I think it was. You know, they, they lost all five in 2020. But there was none of them matches where you went, oh God, the gap between the championship and League One is huge. It was simply the fact that they had they didn't have that control in halfback to get them round the pitch. And now they've got that. Yeah, definitely. You, you need... You know, in, in Nika Williams, I, I genuinely do think that they will be the surprise package in the championship this season. Taking off the way from Dewsbury, mind, you know, it's a hell of a trip from Dewsbury to yeah, Whitehaven. especially when you're doing the uh, same day as well. That is true, and they showed up very well. And, you know, I, I just think it just shows that Whitehaven's team spirit that won them the league in 2019 was rekindled there when they went a man down after 35 yeah. minutes and still managed to win the match. Because as you said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, potentially last week, Dewsbury are no pushovers. They're a well-established championship yeah. side. They're the last side, you know, from the old third division to go and beat them to get into the championship. Yeah, I went out on a, and, a limb last week and said Dewsbury were the dark horses for the top six and then they throw out a performance like that, but early days, mate. To be honest, mate, it was a great yeah, match. early days, early days. Um, it was a very good match as well, yeah. to be fair. I must say right now that the quality of what we saw from, you know, the League One League One sides and the Championship sides after being out for 377 days, it, it was absolutely amazing. Some of the rugby that was played, you wouldn't think that they'd not touched the ball in a year. Definitely, definitely. Uh, totally agree with you on that score. So next, we've got the final match of Saturday night. It was a quarter past seven kickoff at the Shea, where Halifax Panthers, in their first match into rebrand, took on Batley Bulldogs <sighs> and it was a 19 points to six victory for Batley. I suppose. That match. I suppose you want me to talk about that one, being a Fax fan. <laughs> Fire away for it. Well, I'll give you the first thing credit, Batley. They played the better rugby over the 80 minutes. They deserved the win. If anything, Halifax deserved a bigger spanking than what they got. And that game for me shows and tips what you can do on a rugby pitch if you bring it back to basics. If you just play the game and you get on with it, you will beat teams that are trying to overdo it. And and, and that is exactly what Halifax did. They had plenty of territory and 
and we was just at that white line. And, and I wouldn't even say it were white line fever, mate. We looked clueless at times on, on how to get over it. And the only time we displayed a simple set of six with a kick at the end of it or a nice little pass, we looked like scoring. On the night, Batley managed to defend well when that happened, apart from the one try. But on our point of view of things, mate, we conceded two very, very soft tries. Simple stuff that a man could be one step further to the right and he's meeting the meeting the tackle head on instead of, you know, just a bit to the left. Simple stuff like that. Um, yeah, we did deserve to win, mate. Playing like that, we were criminally bad. We come up against London on the on the first week of the season on Good Friday. And I, if we play like that again, it, we're just going to be exposed even more against a more quality opposition. So, yeah, Batley deservedly take their place in the second round. And I tell you something, their team looks really, really good and well-coached. Craig Lingard has got a well, very well-drilled team there. Tom Gilmore and Ben White, both X-Fax players, took them round the pitch wonderfully. Ben Kerr from the middle, again, another X-Fax player. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, always the same, isn't I it? I think it, were, it was um, Ben Kerr scored against us and somebody else another X-Fax player scored against us Jody Broughton so yeah um, 12 points 8 points of it were summed by fax, former Fax players so it was uh, it made it even harder to swallow um, I think as well though you know um, it's like you say 12 months out certain things click certain things don't but I mean the the, the tyrant of absolute I wouldn't say abuse, but just stupidity by some of the Halifax fans on, you know, fair yeah. enough. And this is no disrespect to a, a low league one club. If you'd gone at home to say a London scholars or a Coventry sort of side and you've been yeah. battered, then, you know, you can say fair enough, you know, what on earth was that? We've been slaughtered by a side that trains twice yeah. a week. They've had the four hour bus journey. They've come and they've showed a well-established side who was playing OKR a couple of years ago in the Super 8s, how it's done. But, you know, take nothing away from Batley. Yeah, they've had a few changes yeah. and, and they've made a few player changes. They've lost Sean Lund, who's retired now subsequently, uh, didn't hasn't didn't play a match for Barrow. But, you know, the, it is two well-established old sides going toe-to-toe. And at the end of the day, That's you know, Craig Lingard, I still to this day don't know why, and I, we probably never will find out why he was removed from Keithley because to me, you know, he stuck through them with all that problem and they got rid of him. But going back to that, you know, two old stage sides going toe to toe and Batley just won it on the day. They were the better side on the night. Does it mean Halifax are going to get relegated or have a bad season? Yeah, it really it, doesn't. It baffles me, and I, obviously they are the same fan base that I am. A part of and I've got to say on, on record mate that yeah I were disappointed to see after one competitive game people calling for Grix's head um, the biggest thing that we seem to have forgot there myself included at times whilst watching the game that team out there consisted of nearly you know 10 new signings it's, it's not going to it's not well, going to happen overnight. The, the arguments you some know. people are having with guarding, getting rid of Grix, that Grix has took 26 competitive matches and we've lost 18. Grix also took, you know, 25 of their matches with a Richard Marshall's team. 
COVID mm. allowed Halifax to rebrand and, and recoup and have the clear out that Griggs wanted and, you know, bring in the team that he did want to play his brand of rugby. And I'm sure when, you know, the gel and all things are firing, maybe a couple of weeks into the season, however long it'll take with reduced training, contacting training, that, that Halifax will come good. We've got some very, very talented players there. And once Grix's plan is adopted and taken on, I'm sure we will see Halifax well up there competing for top six places and, and pushing pushing the bigger guns like Fev this year because that's what I know the team on paper is capable of doing and I want to see it. Um, the one thing I will say regarding time and, and Grix is that Halifax can't settle with sentiment if things aren't going well we can't sit back and just allow another season for a club like us to finish eighth because not being in the playoffs is disastrous financially and I think coming off the back of a pandemic any club in the championship league one will need every penny they can get from central funding and finishing in the playoff positions is our ideal for for any club and aspirations going forward so I'm not saying I want to see him sacked if we lose the opening four. No, no, I just I just want the board to be diligent and, and not be sentimental. So, back onto the Challenge Cup fixtures we go to then. Yeah. <laughs> so Sunday, it saw the the much anticipated debut of Rangi Chase and Gavin Henson at West Wales Raiders when they faced Widnes. It looked on paper as if Widnes could have put a hundred past them and, you know, not got out of second gear. But, you know, full credit to West Wales, they even took the lead uh, in that one. It was a a much closer game, to be fair. And I think, you know, you ask any Widnes fan and any West Wales Raiders fan, there are some West Wales Raiders fans down there, in Lanethley, or any neutrals, potentially, you know, the, the game itself was a lot closer than what the... 58-4 scoreline yeah, suggested. I completely agree, mate. I watched the game and I was out sorting the garden out. I had it on my phone. Um, and from what I saw, mate, West Wales Raiders, again, look like a team that will not be whipping boys of League One. And I think they'll push your likes of Keithley and Town and, and, and Barra and give them some bloody good games of rugby. And having talismatic players like Chase and Henson from Union, especially in what is a very Union-evolved country like Wales, just just watching a West Wales game, you know, I don't know how many people are tuned in just to see um, Gavin Henson play. And like they said on the commentary team, once you watch Rugby League, you see what the game's about, you see the simplicity of it and how, how good a game it can be. And for me, for the neutral, bringing in just from Rangi Chase and... Gavin Henson, they were no better advert for League One or Championship. I think Widnes went about the job very professionally. They didn't underestimate them. And yeah, and I think in the first 10 minutes, they got a bit of a shock to the system when um, they got over the line and they sort of ramped it up a gear or two. And, and you know, if they're coming up against, so, you, you know, your Coventries and stuff like that, a full 80 minute performance from West Wales and the more time that Henson and Chase touch would they stay injury free and fully fit have got to play with each other and get to know each other I think I think it could be a really really lethal combination for League One and, and one that you know 
a, a couple of years ago we'd have probably never saw happening ever. And I mean, let's not forget as well. Um, you know, it, it's not as as you say, it's not a, a kiss in the backside of of West Wales here at this point. But you know, they've I've seen them come to work it and concede nearly ninety points without yep. reply. I've seen I've seen us go down to Lenethley and score 50, 60, 70 points. Um, you know, the witness were, as many have said, you know, the Cup Kings for 20, 30 years there on the bounce. They were, they were former club champ, world club champions. West Wales played the last 10 minutes with 11 men due to the fact that one was sent off for a spear tackle that they're really getting... Um, yeah. You know, they're really climbing down on... They're really, really clamping down on, on this year. There's one was sent off at Whitehaven for the same uh, for the same offence, you know. But and then they ran out of substitutions. Did West Wales? So to be fair, they played the last ten minutes there with eleven men, and only conceded two tries in that uh, spell. So it really does bode well for them. But no, full credit to Witness. They uh, they didn't see it as a training session. They didn't see it as a potential no. friendly. You know that they've they've come and they've said you know these lot of uh, a semi-professional outfit like ourselves. I mean, it could treat the match as such. It is a match. It, there, there is something at stake at the end of it. It's not just a run out. But no, full credit to both sides. I think we'll go well in yep, both definitely. divisions. Me too. The next one, uh, we think you had your crystal ball out for this one. You, pre- you predicted a nearly 30-point deficit and you weren't no. far off. Featherstone Rovers, 41. Bradford Bulls, 16. Myself, I'm not a fan of either club. Uh-huh. Um, I wouldn't say I hated any club. I just don't particularly follow them. Um, but to be fair, um, if I was a Bradford fan, I wouldn't be best pleased at all. They looked lethargic. They looked overweight. Some of them looked like they didn't want to be bothered. You know, And, and you'll know yourself being a Halifax fan, that yep. club is huge. Whether we like to admit it or not, that club is huge. And it genuinely, from a neutral perspective, looked as if some of those players, I mean, you, you don't, we don't need to name them, they'll know themselves. It looked as if some of those players did not want to wear that shirt or weren't fit to wear yeah, well, it. Well, I mean, I probably wouldn't myself. And, and as you know, sitting as a, as a, as a Panthers fan, that right, we have very, very strong rivalries with both clubs. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and say some of them didn't look fit to wear the shirt. I, I, I'll sit here and think some of them didn't look fit. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and it's like I said to you, mate, last week, Featherstone Rovers this year just look like a different... Yeah, they, they look like oh, a different do. machine, mate. And, and, and that's just what I've seen from their squad and watched the pre-season games. And yeah, they, they just... Proved me right. Bradford looked decent for the first ten minutes, and I and I thought, well, I might swallow my words on the Roundup podcast. It might be a close game, but again, mate, I was I was out doing the garden and I tuned back in, and I was like, well, I worked wrong, and so I, I've I've watched some of the game back, and yeah, I, I can agree. I can agree with some of your statement there. Bradford just lethargic, boring predictable but no offence I suppose that's all you, you're going to get really from um, a team that's pinning a lot of its attacking threat and hope on 
Danny Bruff. He is instrumental in what he does, but he'd have been a cracking signing for the championship five years ago. I, I said it. I said uh, it when Fax had Scott Morell, and you know, as more years go on, the brain will always remain the same. And I will never doubt the fact that Danny Brain, Danny Bruff's brain, is probably one of the best in rugby league, along with his left foot to match. But can can yeah. he keep up with the speed that Bradford wants to play at, or is he going to slow it down? And when Scott Morell was getting to the point where you know it was slowing us down. We, we suffered at the hands of it some defeats that shouldn't have really happened the, the, the younger teams will mm-hmm. always look for the tired legs and come to life really so to speak when that does happen and, and that's all Featherstone did they, they, they hit the right hand side of Bradford the right hand side and then and within a flash it was at, oh, it was over at the left and they they're in Dane Chisholm absolutely instrumental in everything Featherstone do and as, yeah, as, as he was with Bradford in League as One, he was with quite Bradford in League One, and I think looking at that, if you know I was any part of the Bradford board, you'll you'll see what you let go there, and and, and what a player they're missing. And um, Jordan Lilly, I, I don't believe he played. Uh, I can't quite remember off the top of my head, and and if he did play, it weren't very memorable. He weren't very memorable either. So yeah, it's early days. Bulls will improve. The players will get fitter. Most teams' players will get fitter. Christ, Featherstone's players getting any fitter is a, is a, is a, a massive one in the championship. I, I do think Fev Fev will finish top. I don't. I don't think Toulouse will. I think Fev will beat Toulouse to top spot. I think the biggest problem is for Bradford, personally, um, again, you know, they're pinning their hopes on one man in Danny Bruff to an extent. The thing that would worry me as a Bradford fan is Featherston had two pre-season friendlies against Oldham and Batley, I believe it was. Oldham and Batley. Bradford have had two pre-season friendlies against Swinton and Keithley. They narrowly, narrowly beat League One side Keithley, as you've said yourself, you know, you couldn't really tell in that match who was the championship side and who was the League One side and they've been blown out by Swinton after essentially falling asleep and thinking that they got the job done you know, uh, there's an article this afternoon there about John Keir saying, you know, he wants a full 80 minute performance from Bradford my opinion, and it's just my opinion, I think Bradford need to have a performance, whether that's 40 minutes, 60 minutes, 80 minutes. They just need something to click to get them believing what they believed last year. They didn't come right up from League One and finish halfway no, up the no, table for no mate. reason. Bradford are a team. They just, they'll they anyway. never go away, mate. They'll, they'll be there or thereabouts, but things have got to fall into place. That's the one. Anyway, so we go on to the final match of the of the weekend. Uh, Swinton Lions against Newcastle Thunder at Hayward Road. And this one was really an awkward one to call. It was an entertaining one, but yeah, it was yeah. a really awkward one to call um, last week. And at 16-0 to Swinton at half-time, you sort of looked at the score and you just, you know, I said to a, a friend of mine that's a Newcastle fan, I says, have you bitten off more than you can chew with this championship? Like, you know, you haven't been in it for 12 years. Is it more, you know, have you bitten off more than you can chew? 
And he come with the, oh, no, we'll be fine. We'll come back in the second half. And, you know, me being me, no, no, even no chance. And I'm sat there and I was thinking, they have, you know. The, and at 22-16, with a couple of maybe five or ten minutes to go there, you sort of thought, you know, this is game on here. They're going to nick it. And then, of course, uh, a commentator's dream, isn't it? Geronimo, as he, <laughs> Geronimo Doyle goes and does a full interception and, wins it for Swinton but it's definitely a, an alarm bell ringer for for the championship sort of bottom end sides that Newcastle aren't going to be whipping boys and they have got the fitness to run you well, close for yeah, the full 80 mate. And, and, and coming with that um, they've assembled a really good squad and their, their budget is bigger than you know Halifax's budget it's above our budget so they're only going to get They've got to they've got to stay up. That's their objective this year. You can't come in and say they're not going to do what York did, for instance, and come up and finish third. They're gonna they're gonna come up. No. They've got to survive, and then they've got to invest a bit more. And they've just got to become what I like to call a hardened championship team. Swinton are Swinton are well exactly established. Yeah. I've said it last week and on his table predictions way back in December. Swinton, you know, can two three weeks to go look all but down and then you'll look again at the end of the season and they've survived. That doesn't happen for a reason mm-hmm. other than they they know what they're doing and they know how to get through games when the pressure is on. Well, it, it happened with us at Workington um, for a couple of seasons in the Championship when we were up there. You know, we, we linguished sort of in the bottom three and it was a scrap. It was either ourselves and Whitehaven and Hunslet and you know, Swinton at the time on ourselves and Batley and somebody else and somebody else. And, you know, we, we'd get one win uh, away at somewhere we shouldn't, i.e. a Lee or a Sheffield at the time. You know, we'd, we'd go away and win there. And all of a sudden, you know, we'd go from having sort of 12 points out of, yeah. you know, sort of 18 matches to having, thir- to having 36 by the end of the season and being four points off the yeah. bloody playoffs. <laughs> you know, it, it, and going on a ten-game winning streak or something. That you know, it, it, it just it clicks. But unfortunately, you can't do that now in no. the championship. Like what you could a couple of well, I say a couple of seasons ago, four or five seasons ago, it just no, doesn't I happen mean, anymore. Unfortunately, from my knowledge, um, facts did it in twenty fifteen last. I think. We had a rocky start and, and we got to the summer bash and then after the summer bash, we didn't lose a game until the end of the year. Um, um, it doesn't happen anymore. The championship is a league very much so and all the teams know it where anyone on the day can beat anyone. And and, uh, and I think yeah, now that's the same as League apart One. Apart from the select few teams down in League you One, know. Yeah, but definitely in such thoroughly entertaining leagues to watch and it brings me back on to the the exposure within the tv deals and all that if they were just given one game a week you know on a sunday at three o'clock your rugby league fans you know super league fans that have watched their teams on the thursday night they'd tune in and and they'd appreciate the game for what it is and, and what that game is what you've seen this week is many key workers for example you know doing roofs and stacking shelves pulling on a kit and, and going out there and leaving everything on a pitch. And that is exactly what Championship and League One is all about. And I, for one, 
couldn't be prouder to see them lads from every team, from every corner of the country pretty much, go out there and, and play this week because we've all missed it. You know, Super League got their season back underway and, and, it, and it's hard to remember for some people that the leagues below never got started again. And it, it was an emotional weekend and Super League's back this week. There's round two of the Challenge Cup. The week after the Championship resumes and then we've got a month or so before League One comes back. But how fantastic will it be when all the leagues are going again? The women, the wheelchair, everything. And, and Rugby League's flag is well and truly in the sky with the World Cup at the end of the year as well. We seem to have lost Callum again because I waffle on a lot. It seems when I waffle, Callum disappears. So, yeah, um, when Callum comes back, we will be doing a slight preview of Super League. I will give a forewarning that myself and Callum are not the most knowledgeable when it comes to Super League being Championship and League One fans. We um, will watch the games on the telly. So, yeah, I think Callum's back. I heard a little noise. Callum's back, yeah. Are we back, Mr Banner? I just said to our wonderful listeners when uh, this comes out that we're about to um, preview some Super League fixtures and and give as predictions the best we can and said that, you know, we're not the most knowledgeable on Super League, but, you know, we want to include all Rugby League on our podcast here, so we're going to give it a go. We shall give it a bash. We start the season off with a repeat of the... 2019 semi uh, grand final St. Ellen's and Salford. St. Ellen's, where's your money? St. Ellen's, it, it, it's not really a, a question, is it? You know, it's, it's going to be a, a hard one for Richard Marshall. Uh, first game in charge at Super League level, and he's going to the reigning champions who are going for the triple crown potentially of, of Super League. Titles. Uh, St. Ellen's are well documented in spending very, very well. Not necessarily massive amounts of money, but when they do recruit, they recruit well. Joel Thompson and Sione Matautia as two uh, as two standouts, but then you've got the likes of Dan Norman as well, who've come through from the likes of Widness and mm-hmm. London Broncos. But yeah, no, I think St. Ellen's will win that one. I'm going for St. Yeah, Ellen's by Ellen's 18. By 20 for me, yeah. Next, it's the Battle of the Borough, essentially. It's Lee Centurions versus Wigan Warriors. However, it won't be the Battle of the Borough because both matches are happening at yeah, the Emerald uh, heading Wigan Lee at Leeds. Win. Yeah, Wigan win Sky Sports me. this weekend. So- It'll be a Wigan win for me as well. I think it'll be between 16 and Wigan 24. By, by 30. Wigan by 30. Oh, that was a definite Yorkshire that turn was. on that one, wasn't it? 30. So we go on to Saturday now. And it's Wakefield Trinity Leeds versus win. Leeds Rhinos. Uh, yeah, Leeds win that one. I'm going to go for the upset here. Wow. I think Wakefield will beat them. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just think with the injury worries, concerns, and 
actual full-on injuries that Leeds have got at the start of this season. I just think that Wakefield will take them by, by two. Ten. Finally on Saturday, we well, not, sorry, not finally on Saturday, the Super League on Saturday draws to a close with Catalan Dragons taking on Old Kingston Rovers. Your scores for that one? Well, I think Catalan will win by 16 points. I shall have to disagree with you. I think Hull KR by six. I think Catalan will struggle for a couple of the rounds there without uh, Israel Falau. Uh, I think he was really instrumental in a lot of their victories last season. So I think it may take a little while for them just to to find that extra bit of oomph. So I'm going to go with the Hulkingston Rovers by six. It's back into the lower leagues this time now. We're going into the Challenge Cup on Saturday. Round two with four fixtures, isn't it? It's very, very strange. We have Featherston Rovers against Batley Bulldogs. The last time these two met in the pre-season friendly, Featherston came out on top, yep. 36 points to 16. I'm going to say, Your thoughts on this weekend? They'll beat Batley by 30 points or more. Oh, apologies to the Batley fans if you're offended by that one, but I tend to have to agree there with the right-hand man. I think it'll be a scoreline somewhere in the region of 50 points to 24. I'm going to go far yeah. on that one. I was thinking more along the lines of 42-12. I don't see Bartley scoring four past that third defence. We shall next go down to the capital. We've got London Broncos against York City Knights. Yeah, potentially York the tie of the 18th. round here. I shall go with York by 12 on that one. I think if Mr. Samad gets himself back, could be a really interesting fixture, that one. Yeah, it's all, it's all about the travel. We've then got the... How well York go. We've then, Moving on. It is... We've then got... The Battle of Manchester, essentially. It's Swinton taking on Oldham. I am going to go yeah, for Swinton, Swinton by, by 12. Me, I just think that they're, you know, they're going to gel a lot better than, than Oldham. It's, it's going to be, I wouldn't say easier for Swinton to get the win, but they've got that sort of confidence of beating two championship sides in Newcastle and Bradford, whereas... Oldham's just beat Barrow in the League One. Um, so that's my reasoning behind yeah, that one yourself. Teammates went and just looked like they'll be the better outfit and they've played some very good rugby over pre season and round one they played really well, especially in that first forty minutes against Thunder. So yeah, for me, Swinton. And finally in the Challenge Cup, it will be Witness taking yeah, on witness Whitehaven by twenty. I'll go Ooh, for a witness win game. by six. I think it will be. To be quite honest, uh, Whitehaven, when I went to play witness in twenty twenty, 
didn't do a lot wrong. And uh, they were then coached by Tim Sheens. And he said as much himself, you know, he said if they had a more of a controlling half-back person, the, you know, the score wouldn't have got out from them uh, into the 20-point score that it was. So with that in mind, I think Witness will just have enough, especially on the artificial turf, but I'm going to go for Witness by yeah. 6, 24, right. 18. So... Just for clarification on that one as well, I do apologise. I have said that all these Challenge Cup ties are on Saturday. They aren't on Saturday. In fact, they are across the weekend on Saturday and Sunday. You'll be able to find the Featherstone and Batley match and the Widness and Whitehaven match on the Sportsman's channel. And London Broncos and York and Swinton and Oldham will be broadcast on the BBC Sports website and the iPlayer at later dates. So do apologise for that one. Anybody Lovely that's stuff. thinking they're all so, on Saturday. Yeah, that brings us to a close. And me and Callum will be making the roundup of all the fixtures and the previews of the fixtures ahead a regular thing and throughout the season we will try and get some players on to tell us their opinions on their own games on the weekend and their own thoughts on other teams and how they'll do so yeah there's more things to come from the podcast as we ramp up our episodes too weekly um, we should somewhere along the line have a Super League predictions podcast coming further in the week if our Super League correspondents, so to say, don't manage to get it done, me and Callum will come in with our simple knowledge of Super League and we will predict for you the final Super League table at the end of the season. And we'll have a stab in the dark at it, won't we, if um, the other guys can't get it done. Um, we shall, but we may have also offended a rather large amount of Super League tonight. We've got a couple of fixtures right, on well, Sunday we'll, that we haven't discussed we just yet. Then, bring them to me. Bring them to me. We'll we'll, we'll cover them. I thought we were missing Castleford. <laughs> oh. Yeah, <laughs> we've got um, FC taking on Huddersfield. That is probably the round of the Super League. Uh, Fixtures this weekend, to be fair. Huddersfield recruited really, really well. Brett Hodgson's first game in charge for Hull Super Leagues. Yep. Up and coming coach in Ian Watson at Huddersfield. Really interesting yeah. one. I'm going to go Talk for a Huddersfield win now. by eight. Exactly the score I was going to go for. Huddersfield by eight. Yeah, I'll match you on that. And finally, 